has all the knowledge you want. Malik books has all the knowledge you need. Malik books. Yeah, they have all the books that the whole wide world wanna read. Malik books. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Malik's Bookshelf, bringing the world together with books, culture, and community. Hi, my name is Malik, your host of Malik's Bookshelf. I hope you enjoyed my episode last week, Black AF, you know what that stands for, history. Um, It was just raw from the heart and passion. Um... I mean, I featured some other things. I talked about uh, some of my uh, community events, Taste of Soul, things like that. But I just, if you hadn't heard the last episode last week, I I definitely encourage you to go back and listen to uh, that episode because it's fire. You know, it's raw. It highlights, you know, the way I see things and give you a look into uh, a perspective that you might not necessarily know about uh, me personally and just my passion and my mission. But this episode, uh, as you know, what I'm big on is children are 100% of our future. And I was able to host Renee Watson, award-winning, Newbury award-winning, Coretta Scott, award-winning author, as well as a New York Times bestseller. And we was hosting her at the book signing, but we also hosted her at Bright Elementary uh, School right here in the community in Los Angeles. And we also gave away 150 books. We donated to the school. Her new book, Ways to Build Dreams, it just came out. So she's doing the tour all over the country. But I wanted to highlight some of the highlights of the events, both at Bright Elementary and at Malik Books. Um, our focus at Bright Elementary, obviously, is the, is the, the young, the youth, the, the, the children. I had some, some very confident and bright Young kids, they emceed that event. Uh, very impressive. You know, they hosted, uh, they did the uh, introduction and they did the Q&A. And it was very impressive. And the kids was jazzed. They was hyped. They were energetic. It was, it was just a beautiful event um, to be able to move youth in our community in this way. And uh, we thank Renee Watson and for coming, you know, to Los Angeles and allowing Malik Books uh, to host her in these in these types of forms. And uh, but you know, the highlight is you know we gave away 150 books to to the kids, and that's special, and that's and that's community, that's paying it forward, that's giving back, that's charity, and that's hope for a better tomorrow, because who are we without our next generation, right? So us hosting this event at the school, um, let's just say a wonderful and beautiful event. And I'm very grateful for the principal and 
as well as the BSAP who helped us uh, with the funds to raise the money to give away the books. And, and if, for BSAP is Black Student Achievement Program. Um, they heavily involved in elevating, motivating, inspiring, uplift, educating, obviously, blacks throughout the Los Angeles County. And they do a wonderful job in trying to make a huge impact and a huge difference in black youth and black children. And I just think that uh, my kudos and my hats off um, that they taking a personal interest in our black youth and children who typically have failing grades, uh, lack of resources, uh, a lot of issues in the home, domestic, and you know we we just have to find ways to elevate and help where we can, and they do a great job in identifying and targeting and making sure that uh, we do all we can do to make sure that uh, black our black teens, youth, and children have what's necessary in order to be successful in America and go on to have academic achievements and have stellar careers. And so that's what, you know, Black Student Achievement Program is all about. And uh, kudos to all that they do. Well, anyway, this segment is going to highlight Renee Watson's book tour in Los Angeles, both at Bright Elementary and some excerpts from her book signing and discussion at Malik Books. So enjoy this episode. Thank you. I'm Malik from Malik Books and want to thank Bright Elementary for allowing us to host this wonderful event. We got an all-star, award-winning, New York Times best-selling author who's going to be speaking with you. Some of y'all have books, but everyone eventually is going to get a book. So you got to be a little patience, all right? Patience, patience is a virtue. So we're just so excited, but we got to give a round of applause to Bright Elementary and your teachers who allow us to host this event today. That's right. You are the future. Well, truth is the future. Everything that we do in society is to what? To enrich you, to take over and be the next leader of tomorrow. Can y'all do that? Yeah! That's right. <laughs> so, hey, I got to thank BSAP. That means Black Student Achievement Program. It's part of the LA Unified School District. And they helped sponsor this event. See the books in your hand? They made that possible. So give it up for BSAP. <laughs> That's right. Each one, teach one, but we all gotta help each other, all right? I believe readers are achievers, and you should too, but we got a nine up here. Y'all ain't come here to see me. Listen, I'm from Malik, 
from the leaf. But this April right here, we work together. Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> but hey, I got a feature. I got a special video today that I'm going to air for the first time to students, okay? It's a premiere video that we put together for Malik Books. And it's a music video, and I hope you enjoy it. Now, it describes our brand and our vision and our mission because we believe children are 100% of our future. And so we believe books are the motivating factor what makes leaders and achievers, all right? So we're gonna begin our program because we got some special students today who are gonna MC. And that's great for me, so I, I can sit down and let them take over. They are, you know, all are, are gonna be future leaders, but today they gonna step up and they gonna host this. And this is what having programs like this is all about. It gives an opportunity for our young to you know, work on standing before a group of students and speak. I, I, me personally, I've, I haven't always been so vocal and I used to be an introvert. I used to be afraid to stand here and talk. I wouldn't even look at you, but I challenged myself. And I believed that I could be different and I didn't let the fear stop me. And so now I'm able to stand here, I'm able to talk I'm able to look you in the eye. I'm able to inspire you, motivate you. So, but hey, they they gonna bring they they gonna bring up our guest today, and uh, who wrote more books? Some of y'all have those books right now. This is the first one of Ryan Hart's series, Ways to Share Joy, and the second in the series is Ways to Grow, and the third series is ways to make sunshine and the fourth in the series is the ways to build dream and the character is in elementary like the grade levels that you at but let me say this she's an award winner and she is here today to speak to you and i have some young kids at Bright Elementary, gonna tell you all about Renee Watson. That's who I was describing. And so, whoever's gonna be coming for, come on, let's get this show. Woo! Give it up! Give it up! For you. My name is Anthony Levis, and I'm from Room 26, and I will also be reading Renee Watson's biography. When Renee Watson was seven years old, she wrote a 21-page story, and her teacher told her, I think you're going to be a writer one day, and she was right. Renee's been writing ever since plays, poetries, and books. Some of Renee's books include Ways to Make Sunshine, Some Places More Than Others, and This Side of Home. She also wrote Watchers Rise with her good friend Ellen Hagen. Her novel Piecing Me Together won two very special awards, the Coretta Scott King Award and the Newberry Honor. Renee Watson grew up in Portland, Oregon. Many of her books are inspired by the neighborhood she lived in. When Renee is working on a new book, she makes a playlist of songs that she thinks will make character more life 
and place it while she writes. She does most of her writing in her writing notes, surrounded by inspiring quotes, photos of loved ones, and art. All because of her books, Renee has traveled to Japan, Korea, Hong Kong, the Netherlands, Australia, and New Zealand, and many places in the United States. All of the places Renee has traveled to, her two favorite places are Oregon and New York. She loves them so much, she lives in both places, Portland and Harlem. Renee believes that words are powerful, and she wants to use her words to inspire, heal, and change the world. Please welcome our author, Renee Watson. So the books that you have, that is not my life, but I thought I would share a little bit about who I am with you before we get to the stories that I make up. So this is a poem, this poem, I'm using my five senses to describe where I'm from. I'm made up of East Coast hip hop and island tradition. I'm from Baptist hymns and secular jigs, tambourine playing, late night stand at the church house or my friend's house, or their friend's house on the weekends. Where I'm from, there are corduroy hand-me-downs and family keepsakes, family pictures on the wall, open Bible on the coffee table. I'm from that side of town, where the media only comes for blood shed, blood wasted, never for blood restored, celebrated, or regenerated. I'm from Hopscotch to Neville Dutch, from hide-and-go-seek and Pac-Man. I'm from curry goat, rice and peas, and beef patties, from turquoise, blue water, white sand, and dreadlocks, reggae is in my blood. Grew up in the Pacific Northwest, a place where rain falls more than sun shines. I'm from Douglas firs and pine trees, where we walk under waterfalls, drive up windy roads, and escape to the beaches on the Oregon coast. Where I'm from, music takes away the blues. I'm from Bob Marley, Mahalia Jackson, Aretha Franklin, James Brown. I'm from Jackson 5 Records and New Edition Takes. Where I'm from, Ruby Wine takes over and over and over again so you can write down the lyrics and memorize them. Where I'm from, the whole neighborhood is your family. Ladies sit on their porches looking out for you, chewing away boys like flies, calling your mama to tell her what you did before you can get home and lie about it. Where I'm from, people ask my friend, is that your hair? And she says, yeah, it's mine. I bought it. I'm from divorce, being passed down to children like a family heirloom. From single mamas pushing strollers, praying that their babies don't have the same struggles as them. I'm from a little, goes a long way. From sun's gonna shine after the rain. I'm from persevering souls and hardworking hands from a people destined to make it to their promised land. I'm from been there, done that, can, and will do it again. Now you, tell me, where are you from? Thank you. So I am going to read a scene from the very first Ryan Hart book, which is Ways to Make Sunshine. And uh, after I read this scene, I'll open it up for questions. So if you have 
questions about me being a writer, about any of my books, we're gonna talk in a little bit, okay? So I'm gonna read a scene to you. And uh, what you should know about Ryan Hart is that her name means king. So her parents are always telling her, we named you Ryan because we want you to be a leader, which means we want you to be thoughtful and kind. We want you to be generous and, and uh, a good listener, right? All the things that make a good leader. And so she's trying to live up to her name. Sometimes it's hard to be thoughtful and kind, right? It's hard to be the one that is always doing the right thing. So Ryan is trying to rise up to her name and be who her parents want her to be. And in this moment, she's very frustrated because there's a boy, his name is Brandon, and he's been teasing her about her name and treating her like she's a fragile thing all because she's a girl. So she wants to prove a point to him and to the substitute teacher that just because she's a girl doesn't mean she can't do big things. Ways to make sunshine. When it's time to go outside for recess, Brandon, Marcus, and the boy with glasses, who I never talked to, are splashing around in puddles and stomping in mud. Then they raise each other up the monkey bars. I walk over to join in on the climbing, but before I can get there, the substitute teacher says to me, why don't you go over there, sweetheart, and points to the swings and slide. I'd rather stay here, pretending to climb a mountain. So I say, no thank you, and walk over to the monkey bars. The substitute teacher follows me, and that's when I realize that it wasn't a suggestion or question, it was a demand. I really think it'd be safer if you stay off the monkey bars. Besides, you and Brandon might need a break from each other. I'll stay out of Brandon's way, I say. And I don't think it's dangerous. I play on them all the time. I bet I can climb faster than all those boys. Just then, Brandon shouts out, you can't beat me, and he jumps down, showing off. I bet you a pack of green apple Jolly Ranchers that you can't beat me. Let's race. Race? Yeah. Last one to that pole has to buy the winner candy. He points to the tetherball pole across the playground. I think about it. There's a small crowd forming and now I feel like I have to say yes. Like I have to prove to the substitute that I can play whatever I want with whoever I want. I don't like Jolly Ranchers, I tell Brandon. When I win, you have to buy me a Twix. I look over at Kiki, one of my best friends. She smiles and gives us our countdown. On your mark, get set. Go. I hear our friends all cheering, but mostly I hear the sound of my breath huffing and puffing in, out, in, out. My feet slap the pavement and I run as fast as I can. Brandon is beating me, but not by much. I move my arms to the air, forcing myself to go faster. I catch up and then, just like I knew I could, I start running faster than Brandon by a lot. I am winning, I am winning. The pole is close, and if I stretch my arm out far enough, I'll reach it. I run a few more steps, and then, when I go to put my right foot down, something happens. My right foot doesn't touch the pavement the way a running foot usually touches the pavement. Instead, it stumbles and hiccups its way to the cold ground. I have fallen. Blood is trickling out of my knee, and there's a stinging and pounding feeling all throughout my leg. Instead of stopping the race and seeing if I'm okay, Brandon runs right past me, tags the pole and says, yes, beat you, you owe me a pack of Jolly Ranchers. No fair, Kiki yells. She was at the pole first. It's not her fault her shoe is untied. 
I didn't even realize that's what happened. My shoe is untied. I tripped over my shoelace. Don't be a sore loser, Brandon says. He's right, I tell Kiki. I never touched the pole. On the way home from school, I ask my brother, do you have $2? He answers, why? And this means he has $2? He's just not sure if he wants to give them to me. What happened to your jeans? Ray asks, looking at the hole. It's a long story, I tell him. I hold my hand out. I'll pay you back. He gives me $2. And when we get to the corner store, I go straight to the candy aisle, buy a pack of green apple jolly matches for Brandon, and a Twix for me. All right, so that's a scene from Ways to Make Sunshine. Everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome to Malik Books, bringing a world together with books, culture, and community. So give y'all a, a round of applause as well. Clap it up for yourself for being here on a Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. We're thankful and grateful, you know, because this is a very historic event today. We, we, we are graced with uh, several best-selling authors. I'm going to introduce one, but before I do that, you know, I always say I got to do my two-minute commercial. <laughs> you know, um, we got a lot going on at, at Malik Books, and we would love for you to follow us, all right, so that you can keep in touch with all the events and things that we do. So our Instagram is Malik Books. Um, before you leave out here, we would love to get your email so you can get our newsletter, because that's more efficient on a lot of the programs that we uh, participate in, book signings. So just about what, September 30th? Right here where we standing, Cedric the Entertainer was here. And, you know, we took over the mall. <laughs> we took that line, went all the way down, right? But, uh, you know, it's events like that that we try to bring to our community. You know, we still a grassroots store. We, you know, it's a lot of people look around. D these books, you know, have a story in them. And most of them is written by people that look like us, right? So for a long time, they ain't let us read or write. Right. But now, look at our voice. Yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Malik books give voice to the voices. And so, um, I've been doing this since 1990 when I opened up Malik Books. And why? Because books changed my life. And 
Anything that you want to find, you can find in what? Let me hear it now. In a book. You can listen. You can change your life just by reading. <laughs> you know, many people have done it. Many people have not graduated from high school nor college and became successful millionaires or successful careers. So, as long as you live, I say you got a chance <laughs> to change your life, change your thoughts, change your life, and books can do that. We like to say here at Believe Books, our children are one hundred percent of our future. And, and 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 it's because what future do we have without the youth? I push hard and I'm passionate about books because I'm trying to pass on that to the youth and the young because they gotta take the torch to the next level. You know, each generation has to move the needle farther, you know. Who cares about them changing the landscape or the playground? We still gotta push it forward. And books can do that. And here at Malik Books, we got two locations right here. You have Westfield Cold City Mall, the marquee of Malik, Malik Books. And then we have Westfield, I'm sorry, that's where we already at. But we have Baldwin Hills Crenshaw Mall, which is, um, that's our OG. I started on Crenshaw and King in a little hole in the wall. Didn't have no money, but I had a belief, you see? And so everything started with idea. You know, I always say, you know, thoughts, you know, they're in the future. Look, I didn't thought something, boom, I gotta walk right into that thought. Because thought is in the future. You know, you don't take a step without thinking first. You just not conscious of that thought. You're not, you know, that's the whole thing is that we do things subconsciously, but we're not aware of what we're doing, when we're doing it. But the reality is this, is that when you have a thought, you gotta work it. And success don't come easy. So, but hey, we thank you for coming on out. And I'm gonna introduce our moderator for the night. And she's gonna introduce our guest, Renee Watson. And so, cause we're graced with two authors, two bestsellers, but we got a, 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 a monumentous author that's gonna be speaking today. And so, I, I'm gonna introduce Erica K. Kendrick, all right? She wrote a couple books called Squad Goals, I believe, and The Cookie Monster. Now, I'm gonna need my glasses now. <laughs> so give me a second, let me get my glasses, cause uh, <laughs> I gotta find them. <laughs> hey, hey, they gotta be on me somewhere. <laughs> I just have bingo. <laughs> look, In this world, you better have a sense of humor. There's a lot of craziness going on. <laughs> but you gotta find joy wherever situation you in. You know, they wrote books wondering why we found joy even in slavery. Why we had praise and sing and dance even in slave? They couldn't understand it. But I don't care what situation you in, you better find some joy because smiling and laughing is contagious. All right? <laughs> Erica J. Kendrick is a national speaker, mental health advocate.
advocate and former NBA cheerleader. She is a Stanford University graduate. Now y'all need to clap on that. Come on. You know that's the Ivy League of the West Coast. <laughs> With the MBA in marketing and international business from the University of Illinois. She is a, she's the author of Squad Goals and Cooking Monster. And she's going to take it from here. So give it up for Eartha J. bring up our guest author for the evening. She is the author of Ways to Build Dreams, Miss Renee Watson. Okay, she is a number one New York Times bestselling author. Her novel, Piecing Me Together, received a Newbery Honor and a Coretta Scott King Award. Her books include the Ryan Hart series, Some Places More Than Others, Love is a Revolution, This Side of Home, What Mama Left Me, Betty Before X, co-written with Eliza I'm not saying that properly, Shabazz, and Watch Us Rise, co-written with Ellen Hagen, as well as acclaimed picture books, Maya's Song, The 1619 Project, Born on the Water, co-written with Nicole Hannah-Jones, A Place Where Hurricanes Happen, and Harlem's Little Blackbird, which was nominated for an NAACP Award. Renee grew up in Portland, Oregon, where this book is set, and now splits her time between Portland and New York City. Please give a warm welcome to Miss Renee Watson. to have you here, Miss Renee Watson. This is amazing. Um, uh, I, I need my book signed. Okay. So I, I should have probably done that while you were chilling in the back with the grapes and the cheese. And, uh, so we're going to put this right here. Where you went. You know what? I wanted to give you some space because it's a lot when you do this sometimes and I am very compassionate and pathetic to that. So I was trying not to be all up in your grill. Even though I wanted autographs, I wanted pictures, I wanted all the things. Okay, well we'll do that. Okay. Um, uh, before we get started, uh, so the name of the book, if uh, you don't already have one, is uh, Ways to Build Dreams. Uh, so before I start like getting all up in your business, mm -hmm. I wanted to know if you would like to read anything from the book. If you have a special little section sure. or page I or... I have book back there, but I have it. Someone's giving it to me. Okay, great. Thank you. So Ryan is, is in the fifth grade in this book. And she started off in the fourth grade in the first uh, book of the series. And so she's at a point in her life where she's starting to think about what she's gonna do in the world and who she wants to be and what is middle school gonna be like? She's super nervous about middle school. Um, in this conversation, her father is encouraging her and her brother to think about not just the talents that they have and what their careers could be, but who they want to be in the world. So she's just made um, breakfast for dinner and she has experimented with ginger hot chocolate and her brother is like, mm -mm, this is too spicy, I'm not feeling it. But her dad says he really likes it, and she's so happy that dad likes it. 
Ray tells us about his next poetry slam. I made it to the semifinals, and if I win this, I get to compete in the citywide competition, he says. This time, the theme is dreams. We can write about our real dreams, or we can write about what we hope for ourselves or for the world. What are you going to write about, Mom asks. Ray shrugs. I'm not sure yet. Dad pours more hot chocolate. And now, I know he meant it when he said he really liked it. Well, what are some of your dreams? What do you hope for your future? Ray says, I have a lot of dreams. Sometimes I want to be a professional baseball player. Sometimes I think maybe a poet. Oh, and maybe a music producer. You'd be good at all of those things, Ray, Dad says. And what kind of person do you want to be? What do you mean? Well, you're telling me what you want to do, as in a career. And it's good to have dreams of what kind of job you want to have, but I also want you and Ryan to dream of what kind of person you want to be and what kind of world you want to live in. That is one question no adult has ever asked me. Always they ask, what do you want to do when you grow up? I have never been asked, who do you want to be? I never thought about there being a difference. So from this point on in the book, Ryan is thinking about who do I want to be in this world? Her name is Ryan. Ryan means king. And uh, her parents are always telling her, be who we named you to be. We want you to be a leader. We want you to be thoughtful. We want you to be kind. She's in the fifth grade, so that's really hard. So she's trying to live up to her name and think about how can she show up in the world and be those things and not just focus on being the loudest or uh, the most talented in the room, but she's worried and thinking about how do I be kind and forgiving and compassionate? How do I share? Uh, so those are the things she's kind of working on in the book. Okay, that was an amazing passage. I think you picked perfectly, because I'm sitting here like, that's right, girl. Tell them, that's right. Let them know. It's about who you are. Um, so you gave us a little bit of backstory about Waste to Dreams, but uh, can you share with us, for those of us who are, are not familiar with the book at all, just a brief synopsis of, of what your baby is about? Sure. So uh, this last book, Ways to Build Dreams, is the fourth book of the Ryan Hart series. There's uh, ways to make sunshine, ways to grow love, and ways to share joy. And Ryan, like I said, is trying to live up to her name. And so in each book, there are some some moments where she rises and some moments where uh, she does not and she doesn't make the mark and the whole point is to help young people think about um, not being perfect and it's okay to make mistakes it's okay to be on your growing edge uh, the important thing is that you're trying right um, it's also my ode to the Ramona series I don't know if any of you know the Ramona series uh, Beverly Carey was one of my favorite authors and Ramona lived in Portland Oregon and that's where I grew up and I remember reading those books as a child, and when I saw Click Attack Street, mm -hmm. I was like, what? Mm -hmm. I know that street. I know that park. I know these places. Mm -hmm. This is where my aunt lives. She lived right around the corner from Click Attack Street. But there were no black folks mm -hmm. in that whole series. Mm -hmm. There are black people in Portland, Oregon, y'all. Mm -hmm. So uh, <laughs> I, I, it's not even that I wanted the books to be different, but what it did was give me permission to write our story and to make sure I'm telling the stories of black girls who live in the Pacific Northwest and that I'm writing stories where black girls can play mm -hmm. and have fun. I write a lot of books that have social justice themes and sometimes we label social justice as the serious topics, race, 
class, the intersections of all of those things. But social justice is also joy. Joy is resistance. And like, as Malik was saying, our people, we come from a people who knew how to hold on to joy in the midst of such deep pain and struggle. And so I want to put books out in the world that are, yes, uh, thinking about overcoming and standing up and raising your voice to fight injustice, but also black girls deserve to laugh and play and just sit up under their mamas and learn and love and be loved. And so that's what the series is about. It's all about black joy and letting this little girl um, be her unapologetic black self. Okay, so you said like, you said a thing, like, like the joy, like getting on the countertop and laying your head in the yes. sink so grandma can wash your hair. Right? Grandma can wash your hair. Okay, find that passage. Right, you have that passage. That was my favorite little scene oh, in the whole book. So you. I devoured the book. Okay, I'm trying not to be. Okay, let me be cool. I'm like fangirling out over here. Low key, I'm trying not to cry. Um, I loved this book. And so much of it was just pure joy. Mm -hmm. uh, but that was my favorite scene. I devoured it in a day. Malik sent the book, and then he checked in. He's like, did you get the book? I was like, that book has been read. That book was read yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, so that was my favorite scene for so many reasons. One, I could relate as a yeah. black girl. Yeah. You know, you used to get on the countertop, put your head back in the sink. And luckily, I'm not tender-headed, so we got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> And the picture to go with it. Okay, I was like, that's me! And that's the beauty right. we all saw ourselves right. in Ryan, especially in that moment. So my question is, um, ooh, sorry, <laughs> this was a question for later. You're a dynamic writer, but BT does. Dynamic writer, 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 like, okay, we go together now. We gotta exchange numbers <laughs> later. Um, what was your favorite scene to write in the book? So I love that you mentioned that scene. Yeah. My favorite scene in each book is the hair scene. Mm -hmm. So every book of the Ryan Hart series has a black girl hair moment. Mm -hmm. uh, in the first book, Ryan is getting her hair pressed for Easter Sunday. Mm -hmm. And there's a big scene where she, after she gets it pressed, goes swimming. Okay. <laughs> uh, so there's a black girl hair moment there. Uh, in Ways to Grow Love, she gets her hair braided and has beads on the ends. Uh, ways to grow joy. Uh, ways to share joy. She has braids in the front and then out into like a little Afro puff. Mm. And then in this book, we see the black girl hair washing scene. Mm. And I was the only thing I cared about being illustrated in the book. So the book is not full of illustrations. You know, this is where young people are kind of moving away from illustrations, but still want a little something. I just was like, the only thing I care about is that the hair scene is on the page, and that we see that moment. And I think it's just important to normalize black girl hair. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but also, I wanted to have have that reaction, have us finally see ourselves in a, in a text and completely relate to it. Um, so it's a scene that I've advocated for, and I've always been like, this is important. It has to look right. We got to get these braids right. We got to get, you know, all of it. Because I know that it matters to us. Uh, and it matters to little girls that go to school uh, doing author visits. And little girls show up with their hair like Ryan. And they understand, you know, they see themselves. And that's a beautiful thing. It means a lot to me. The other thing I'll say about those scenes is that is the moment where some grandma does her hair. And... It's always the moment where they have a, a special conversation or just checking in, how are your friends, how is school? 
And I just remember being so loved by women when I was a kid. And that that was when, I didn't know it at the time, but that's when they were checking on me. They were making, okay, what's going on? That's right. Who you got a crush on? That's right. <laughs> uh, what, what are you worried about? How are your grades? What's going on at school? And so it's just a moment for Ryan in the story to be loved and to be checked on and to show um, how we care for our babies. And sometimes that is neglected in literature, I think, in black literature. We got mamas who are abusive and all the, you know, the traumas of the hood. Um, but I know a whole generation of women who raised me and they loved me and they loved me well and I wanted to honor them. I think you did a fabulous job, right? Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so talking about the character, Brian, how do you approach developing really relatable characters? Like, I'm 49 years old. And I'm sitting here crying, you know, relating to our little fifth grader. Yeah. How do you do that? That's a gift. So, I mean, I'm sure you could teach it, I'm sure. But, like, that's divine. You understand what I'm saying? How do you do that? How did you come to that? I think I, I just try to write from a place of truth. Mm. Um, it's fiction, but it's also reality. Like, I know girls like Ryan. Mm -hmm. I have Ryan's in my life. I have, I was a little bit of Ryan. Um, I, I never want to write about people I don't care about mm -hmm. and that I don't love. And so I love young people deeply. I'm listening to them. I'm asking them, you know, what do you care about? What are you afraid of? Who do you love? Who loves you back? And so when I go to the page, I think all of that just comes out because it's in my real life. I don't know that I'm trying to write um, something or make something up all the way. Like a plot, yes, I'm trying to make up a plot. That's interesting. I want to, you know, think about structure. But as far as the heart of the story, that's very real. Um, and I think it's just based on the young people that I know. So I'm just trying to reflect back in the books what I have experienced and seen in real life. Okay, so my grandmother, okay, how do I say this? May she rest in peace. She was amazing, but she was not soft mm -hmm. like this grandmother. Mm -hmm. Like I saw stuff in this grandmother. I was like, they make grandmas like that. And I, I didn't get one of those. Now, my grandmother was amazing, but she was like, we we called her like the godmother of the family. Like she was that boss chick, as we would say today. But this grandmother was just so loving and warming. She felt very cuddly to me, mm -hmm. right? Like so, why is that important? to your readers, uh, and I think to the culture, to have um, varying archetypes when it comes to these dynamic women that you've crafted. So Ryan's mother, um, yeah, this is a spoiler alert, but it's okay. Ryan's mom, at the end of the first book, announces that she's expecting. And so she's distracted, and the, the father has um, lost a job, is trying to find work, he finds work, um, but it's, it's not paying as much as it used to. So they're struggling, and I, I wanted Ryan to have a safe place to land. So grandma comes in, nice. and is that comfort for her, is the kind of steady rock, the anchor. Um, yeah, I think it was important to just, and also, you know, I think, so I have had women in my life like the grandmother. Mm -hmm. I have had women in my life who were not. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> The thing about writing realistic fiction is that I have an opportunity as a writer to write what could be, yes. not just what is. Right. Yeah. So I think I'm also trying to show black women, uh, this is a way we could be with our children. Mm -hmm. We don't have to be 
you are a child, stay in your place, go over there and sit down and be quiet, and I'm like, uh, you know, all the things. Uh, so the grandmother is very, she is a balance of that. Now listen, I don't, I don't suffer fools. Don't play, stop the foolishness. But she's also going to ask you, how was your day? And when you are in the fifth grade and your day was horrible because a boy teased you because of your name, she's not gonna say, that's not a big deal, girl, get over that. She's gonna comfort, you know, so I wanted to also show Black women who are tender and loving and who take time to listen, um, because that is a part of us too. And I don't know that we always get to see that. We get big mama. You know, we get like the, the that that character a lot, and I wanted to soften her a little bit. Not because I um, am making up something, but because I know those women, and I wanted them to shine too. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes sense. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I think that, um, okay, so. When I was in fifth grade, mm. no grown up sat out with me and was like, let me tell you about my life. Mm -hmm. Like, let me tell you how I evolved and developed and grew. Like, yeah. she was human with her in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was so gorgeous. Like, I found myself, okay, so maybe my eyes were sweating just a little bit while I was reading that part. <laughs> because I thought how gorgeous yeah. for her to say to this girl, Right, like I see you. Mm -hmm. Like I, I feel you. I hear you. I am you. Yeah. This is where I've been. And, and to admit that life is hard. To have an adult admit to you so that it's not easy to live this life. Why they do that? At? But it's, it's <laughs> possible. <laughs> you know they do do that. I, I, yeah, I see. I I'm just realizing this while you're saying this. I'm like, well, who are those adults besides my mother? Um, there were two people in my life who really were, I, I think about them a lot when I'm writing the series, the pastor of my church growing up and his wife, Reverend Howard, Sister Howard, they were just faith in a very practical way, right? They were going to be like, okay, there is a woman in the church whose husband passed away, she needs her grass cut, the youth of the church, y'all going over there, you're going to cut her grass, you're going to... You know, run errands for her. You're gonna. We are faith without works is dead. Oh, we didn't care nothing about your prayers mm -hmm. if you weren't also mm -hmm. actually loving people and actually, you know, doing the thing. And and his sermons were definitely scripture, but also he would just tell stories of growing up in Opelousas, Louisiana. I remember wow. this as a kid, and I would always just sit up a little bit more to listen to these stories he would mm -hmm. tell that weren't just. Um, scripture, but life experience, and you had this, these, this old couple, country. I think he had maybe a fifth grade education, but what he did with that education, and what he did with his life, and what she did, his wife was not just the pastor's wife. Yeah, she was hands on and loved us, and um, broke all the stereotypes of what we think of pastor's wife sometimes as being the mean, stuck up, whatever. She loved the kids and she nurtured us and they shared their stories with us. And so I think they show up in my work when I'm writing grandparents or elders because I really was raised by a loving black community that was always looking back to tell us how we could move forward. That was just always a constant thing. Um, so it's, it's low hanging fruit for me to access that because I had it as a kid. I'm very grateful for that. All right, let's give her a big hand. Thanks for listening to Malik's Bookshelf, where topics on the shelf are books, culture, and community. Be sure to subscribe and leave me a review. Check out my Instagram at Malik Books. 
See you next time.